Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are so pleased in this era of COVID-19. It is so important to have good quality scholarly research. And I am so happy that we have Ms. Leslie McIntosh, the CEO of Repeta, as our in-studio guest. Leslie, welcome to the program, and thank you for interrupting your very busy schedule to discuss the Repeta business and how you're going to improve and enhance the quality of scholarly research. Thank you so much for having me, Darrell. It's really an honor to be here. So if you could just give our audience a, a little bit back, a background about your education experience, et cetera. How did you come about and also how did you come about Repeta? Sure. So my educational background's a, a little interesting. I'll tell you the, the fun part right now is that my PhD is actually in epidemiology, uh, a field that, you know, as my stepmom said, I didn't even know what that was before you got your PhD. And, uh, but it was definitely a data-driven PhD. My master's is in biostatistics and epidemiology, and which is really a way to apply data into a scientific field is the way that I took it. Now, um, one little piece about my educational background is I actually never graduated from high school. So I always like to throw that out there. So if there's anyone out there who needs a little motivation to keep going, keep going. Um, but I did end up getting a PhD, and after that, I really went more into biomedical data and working with a lot of electronic health record data, and I talk about that training because that really influenced why I started the company Repeta. and what I noticed, and this was over 10 years ago now, I was working with a lot of clinical data, a lot of great researchers, and it was really hard to reproduce the work that they were doing from a data standpoint. Uh, and I worked with clinical researchers at the wonderful medical school, Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, and noticed that while they were really good at doing their research, it was really hard to follow back from that gold of a, a research paper, a research article, and trace it all the way back to where things started. And so that's really, um, where Repeta began was looking at how do we make the reporting process reproducible and it's grown from there. So what is the problem that Repeta is solving with its services? And also if you could explain your services as well, that would be helpful. Sure. So I'll explain what we do first, which is we're applying artificial intelligence to scientific writing. We're checking to see if the things in a scientific paper that should be there are actually in there. So this is not saying it's good science, it's saying it's hygienic science. So that's the difference between, I would like to say when you have a kid who comes in and what a parent does is check to see whether the clothes are clean. You're not actually judging them on whether the outfit looks good right here. We're just trying to see, did they, did they make it to the clean clothes stage? And, and as we're trying to speed up science, uh, there are some really, I think, 
uh, optimal ways that we could do certain pieces because other pieces just take time and they're going to take time. But if we can speed up the parts that um, like a paper and making sure that the quality of paper uh, is better, then let's do that. So it's really making better science easier. And that's what we're trying to do at Repeta. Check to see is the study hypothesis there in a machine readable way? Are the data there that should be there? Um, not all data can be shared, but have you at least cited where you got your data from or where you put your data? What about the analyses? And even the best researcher forgets some of these things. The paper we just wrote, and this is a about COVID, we, we took some preprints, we looked at them and we forgot to cite the software that we were using. And because it happens, because you're trying to get through things pretty quickly, so we put it through our process and it told us we forgot something. So it was, that's what we're trying to do. And I think in this time of COVID-19, it's actually a great time to be able to see why this is needed because there are papers coming out and people really, scientists, researchers, really trying to work quickly. And if we can prevent some mistakes, then let's prevent those. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and what are the, the key areas that Repeta uh, looks at to make sure that the, the, that the paper is going to get a good score? Sure. So we're looking for things right now, such as does it have a, the study purpose, is it clearly stated? And, and you may think that that's a no-brainer, but it's not always stated clearly where it should be in a paper. It should be at the end of a background or an introduction so that it leads right into the methods section to talk about how a paper is written. We want to see um, if somebody's sharing the data, where are they sharing it? If they're not sharing it, do they give a reason for not sharing it? Are they sharing their code, which is something new, but is very important for computational reproducibility of a paper? And you know, do they have their statistical analyses section in there and described? So those are some of the things that we're looking for, but to make the paper better and also to help some researchers who may be newer to the writing process of, of knowing what should be in a paper to make sure those items are in there. And, and why is reproducibility so important to the scholarly publishing industry? I, I've heard about reproducibility, reproducibility, reproducibility. Why is that so important? Well, it, it is one, I mean, it is the main tenet of science and the scientific method is to be able to reproduce the work that you're doing. And as science has, the the technology within science has become much more sophisticated. And part of that, to give an example, is just computational power. The amazing things that we can do with computers these days has vastly increased what we could do with science. It also has vastly complicated how to record what we're doing in science. So every time you add a new machine, you want to make sure that it's not the machine showing you the difference. You actually want to see that whatever you're testing in the science is making a difference. So for instance, I always like to give, I, I like to cook. Uh, I like to bake as a hobby. And if I'm cooking something or you watch any cooking show, you know, you really want to make sure that everyone has a fair shot at winning on whatever show you're watching, which means that they need to pretty much have the same of it 
or the same stove or the same utensils. And we have not done a good job in science of keeping up with categorizing those, putting those into the papers. And it does make a difference. What happens if you and I are using different ovens and one set in Celsius and one set in Fahrenheit, and we don't know when we're setting it both at 200? Well, there's a big difference in the outcome of our cakes. I think one might be edible and either might at that temperature, I don't know. But anyway, um, you, get, you get my point on that. The, and the reproducibility, that's, science is built on that. You assume that you look at one person's research, or it's not just a person, but the group, the people, that you can build off of it. And there is that assumption of reproducibility that you assume and you build off of it when you move to, an, um, to future research. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know, um, recently at the SDM annual U.S. conference, they had a debate about the efficacy of preprints. And the gentleman who, uh, Kent Anderson, who is well known, he was uh, con against the preprints. Um, he had talked about the errors that are in the preprints. And as I was listening to this, this debate, I was thinking about the Repeta tool and how if those preprints had gone through the Repeta scoring system, um, they would have made those adjustments and the paper, the preprints would have been better. Um, what has been your experience thus far in working with the preprints? Do you find that the folks who are utilizing the preprints are, 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 are very open to using the Repeta tool? So that's an interesting question. I think that there's two parts to this. One is it's one of our sweet spots right now of where we're finding a niche for the use in Repeta. And there are preprint services, BioArchive, MedArchive. There are other services that are coming in, such as Research Square, that are providing a little bit more uh, augmentation to the the pre-peer review process, if you will. And that's where it's really nice for something like Repeta to come in and do some really quick checks. The authors can go back and fix things before they ever go out to peer review. And the editors can also know where to um, move papers and not. And, and the other part, um, though, that I think we need to take into, well, all right, now I'm going to add one more. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, but, um, we still need to recognize that these are what one could, would consider a prototype. These are not fully minted. So we have to still be careful, even if they've gone through our checks to see whether um, they've gone through other scientific rigor checks, which no one we do not guarantee with what we're doing. These are just an initial check. The other thing though, that when I've talked, spoken with researchers, is they're looking for a place or very limited places to go to check their manuscripts because there is a fatigue with, with apps at this point. So that's where back to your question about the finding a fit with preprint services, there is one for our company because it also allows researchers to go to fewer places to try to improve their, their manuscripts. And what has been the uh, the result 
I, I guess, what has been the response from the researchers? What have they said about the Repeta uh, tool and, and the Repeta uh, score? Yeah, I, I think two parts. So we've, we've definitely evolved over the last couple of years because we started out with a lot of things to look at, and that's very overwhelming with researchers. So what we've done is really scaled back and thought about looking across scientific guidelines, what are the minimal um, but most effective items that we could automate and we could check to improve the research and, and researchers seem to be very responsive to that, particularly newer researchers where you quickly run it through, you give it back and, and they have some items that they could fix very, you know, rather quickly as long as they know that um, they need, you know, they have the information, which a lot of them do. The other thing that we're looking at that's really helpful is to give some contextual feedback. So what if something doesn't meet the criteria? This is not a, a you know, it, it's not an F score if, you know, in, if you're in school. This is, it didn't meet it, but here's how you could. So that's become very more popular in people wanting that. Um, so, so I think, you know, again, researchers are wanting ways to make science better, but also not have all the burden put on them. And so there is a balancing act of that that we're trying to find and work with them. Well, you know, that's very interesting because right now, um, I guess there's like 20,000, a gazillion publishers, right? And of course, everybody wants to, to publish in the, in the top tier, tier journals, but unfortunately that's not gonna happen. But they have to submit their manuscript and there's so many different manuscript systems out there. Um, is there a tool where the author can go directly to Repeta to, um, to, 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 to check what they're doing before they submit it to the uh, publisher? Sure. We actually have that in beta right now. And so where an author could go and upload a paper, test it out, get a report. And I tell you what, if you just give me a little bit more time, I will have that out. And what we're doing is if an author just wants to check one paper, then it's free to them to go and do and get a report and be able to make those changes. Well, that's nice. Right? So we're, we're, we're coming out with that. We, we have it actually out, but we're tweaking some of the algorithms and we'll right. make it better for the researchers. Wonderful. Boy, that, that's exciting. That's exciting. And, and I take it you're working with, okay, the publishers, you, you mentioned Research Square, which isn't a publisher. They're a, uh, a, uh, a specialty vendor, if you will, for that. Have you talked to any of the manuscript uh, companies? So we have worked with um, publishers and some societies mm -hmm. as well to, mm -hmm. to test this out. And the other, on the other side of that, so, so from their perspective, this is some of the feedback that we're getting is really getting this feedback to the authors, honestly, before they get to the full submission. So for anyone great. who, which for anyone who's never submitted a scientific manuscript, it's not the easiest process there is. You think as a researcher that you're done, you've got your research, you've written your paper, and then, and then it's a long process to get and, that paper into the submission. And, and then you find out it's really the Olympics and it's like a decathlon of like 10 more events. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. And, and it's a, 
I understand why it is right now, but that's the process. And I, I do think people are trying to make that easier as well. These are, these are exactly the types of things that we're trying to reduce the burden to the researcher and, and make the research shine. So, now, this idea for Repeta, did it, did it come, I guess it came directly out of your experience about seeing a void. Tell us a little bit about that experience of you saying, wait a minute, this is a business that we should be doing. Yeah, I think there's two parts to that. One is, uh, you know, a very selfish part. So when I ran the center that I ran at Washington University, I helped uh, researchers use electronic medical data for, for legitimate research in-house to reuse, understand important things like why are people getting so many CT scans and can we reduce that number? And that, that was a very fascinating research project to, to do. And, and then, in fact, you can do that, working with anesthesiologists to look at the anesthesia given and some of the outcomes that happen after, after some surgeries. And then what I would notice is, it's funny now because I have a company of it, is that the, you know, the, these clinical researchers would write a paper, some of which were really good. And I wasn't an author, which was, you know, kind of okay, because I didn't write the paper. But our work, our center, our data wasn't cited either. And so one of my students, I used to teach medical students how to do research. And, you know, she had just finished a long day of clinics. And, and I had, I had brought this up in class. And I taught, you know, 4 p.m. And she said, well, why don't you give me the citation and I'll put it in. And I was kind of taken aback and a little upset. And then, but, but then that's what kind of started the business. I was like, all right, I'll fix this. And here we are. <laughs> wow. So kudos to her. I should go back and thank her for making that's that. Right. That's right. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Leslie McIntosh, the CEO of Repeta. And as she likes to say, Repeta data. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, let's 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 switch gears here, and let's talk about this great paper, this three-page paper that you have published called "Trusting Science in a Fast-Paced World." What prompted you to write this great paper, which is really needed right now when we have folks in the world talking about different drugs for different things that people are dying from. But anyway, um, I digress. So, so this paper actually has been, uh, it, it started coming along even, it was last year, I remember uh, last summer thinking about, well, how do we trust science? And we as a country, I think not just the country, but as the world have really been challenging the science and there's so much information. So I was trying to figure out, you know, what are the things to do that, that make me trust or not trust in science? And this is as a scientist. And it, I, I gave a keynote at STM in December in London. So this is, yes, COVID was just starting, but we didn't know that yet, really, um, at least in our part of the world. And I was looking at ways that we trust and ways that we lose trust. And and then it was a way to explain things. You know, how do we look at, at trust in science? Well, we do look at journals. 
we we do look at whether it's a high impact journal or not. Some of us, with you know, a lot of us within science. Um, although, let us just admit that there are some journals that are not high impact that have Nobel Prize winners coming from you know articles. So let us not dismiss those very important places that allow science to flourish. Um, we have peer review a peer review process to check the the science, and then we have researchers, but we have, we have cracks in each one of those. And I think there's one of the things that we've really struggled with as a society with this information age is also the misinformation age. And that's really what I wanted to get to is how do we figure out what information to trust and what not to trust. So I really honed in on three things just to start, which was how to look at journals and because there's also a whole part of publishing which is uh, predatory publishing. So they, they have journals that sound like legitimate journals, but they aren't. Um, we have the peer review process, and, but there are challenges with that because not all um, peer reviewers, peer reviewers don't know everything. And like I say, or we say in the article that Sarah Nathan wrote with me that uh, it's kind of like being on a not having a nonprofit board. You know, not you're not going to have all all of the people cover all of the expertise that you need. But by having that board, you have some security measure there. You have some vetting process there. And what happens is sometimes either you have um, scientists, unfortunately, who who skip the peer review process illegally. Uh, unethically, I should say, not illegally, unethically. But then you also have things like legit legitimate places like the preprint services that we were talking about, but non-scientists pull that information and think that it has already been vetted and there has been no vetting process. So we, we as we move through this, we need to think about what makes science trustworthy and it's different than each society. Science is a very consensus building um, place. We challenge each other on ideas um, quite heatedly sometimes and we still most of the time will go out for coffee or tea with that person or whatnot um, and that's how science works. It doesn't work on one paper alone. So the whole point of this was to start thinking and talking about why do we trust in science because it's very different than, than say in the courtroom, right? Science, scientists, as the saying goes, we always ask questions we never know the answer to. We don't know the answer to. And in a courtroom, you never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. And these two are converging, and it's become very important during this time of COVID-19 to understand when things could be good science, but they're early science. So that's, that was the paper. <laughs> very, very good point. Early science. Let's talk about early science. What are some of the opportunities but also challenges of early science so uh, you don't know if it's real or not you know, <laughs> to, to just start there i mean there's the very kind of fringe idea of could an ulcer actually be caused by a bacteria and which just sounded crazy because it challenged the the common way of thinking with it within science and, and you have to prove yourself in, in early science. But the other thing is, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, not only do you have to prove it, you have to have funding 
to continue to try to prove those ideas. You need different people to challenge those assumptions because we, you know, we attest, we test all those assumptions from different angles to see if something should move through. I'll give you an example of early epidemiology. It was believed that um, alcohol consumption caused lung cancer. And, but if at the time you knew that people in bars tended to smoke and drink together, that those two came together, it makes sense in, you know, afterwards that it was the tobacco or the, the, the actually the toxins within um, cigarettes that were causing the lung cancer, but there was that confounder of alcohol. So it's, you don't know. Um, and, and there's a lot of testing, a lot of playing with different scenarios and hypotheses within the early science, which is the part that takes time. It, it, that part, I'm not sure how much we can speed up. We're working on it, but that's the part back to kind of why I started Repeta, um, that is going to take time. Clinical trials take time. So there are some ways to speed up something. But if we can speed up other parts, like checks in a paper, let's do it. Best, best practices. It's nothing like having a best practice where you are submitting your paper with all of the information that's needed to do re re reproducibility. I, I think this is such a very exciting tool. Um, you know, it, in one sense, it sounds very simple, but it doesn't happen. So if everyone can adopt the Repeta uh, tool, uh, we're going to have a lot of, we're going to have much better science coming out of, and also uh, it will save the uh, editors and the peer review, peer reviewers some time as well. Well, I hope so. So thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, believe it or not, we are running down to the final stretches of our interview. Oh. And I want to make sure that folks uh, hear about your leadership style, the type of culture that you want to have at Repeta. So thank you for asking that. I think my leadership style is definitely one where I try to consult, um, I, I try to cult cultivate the best out of my entire team, which means that everybody needs to have a voice, needs to bring their ideas to the table, need to respect one another. And um, truthfully, I have a rather hands-off approach on many things, except for when it comes to the data part, because I still love the data, and I love to get my hands dirty on that. Um, the, but I really like for everybody to be able to shine and, and provide their diverse perspectives, and I like to bring that into the team and really cultivate a, a lot of leaders. So it, it's not just dependent on me, it is dependent on the team. And I try to be as transparent and honest with them as possible and expect the same out of the team. So one other question I'd like to get in before we have to close is, uh, what, what's the, one of your favorite quotes that you wanna share with our audience that defines leadership? So I am gonna go back to uh, some Stoic philosophy and Seneca because I, I find some inspiration from there and Seneca said, so this was 2000 years ago. So just, you know, things don't change a lot very quickly at all. And he said, it's a rough road that leads to the height of greatness. And I, I remind myself of that. I look for other great leaders in very interesting places 
including my small Twitter group that I follow of these um, phenomenal people who are not necessarily represented as great leaders, but I think they're just phenomenal people will, who will inspire me to do a, you know, let's name that lizard game every Thursday on Twitter be, during this COVID epidemic because it, it just raises people's spirits. I, I just like to look at that and look to that greatness, you know, during this time. Well, before we go, if you could take 30 seconds to share with our audience one remaining thought that you have about Repeta and what you want to achieve. What I really want to achieve with Repeta is to know that to make science better, we have to make better science easier. And that's what we're out to do. Well, that is excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so pleased to have had uh, Miss Leslie McIntosh, the CEO of Repeta, on our show today. Leslie, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Darrell, for having me. Really appreciate it. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net and also available on iTunes and the Seton Hall University podcast. We want to wish you a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you.